This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on this. I was just mentioning to my Instagram live audience, a gorgeous Sunday morning here in Los Angeles. I mean, it is clear. You can see the mountains. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's really great. A little chilly, but that's okay. Uh, if it's cold here, it's freezing on the mountains and in the real mountains, in the Rockies. And yeah, I'm, I'm heading in a couple of weeks to Park City and then going to this phenomenal ski conference. It's called Sky Ski CE, put on by the Colorado Vet Med Association this year in Crested Butte heading there at the end of January. So I'm, I'm hoping to get some snow. Anyway, um, you're here with me for the next 30 minutes talking about pets, talking about anything you want to talk about. A couple of ways to reach me. Good old-fashioned 877-385-8882. Once again, toll-free 877-385-882-8882. Um, or uh, join me here live on Pet Life Radio. You just go into PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Shows. Scroll to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Click on it. And you're going to see a link left to there. Just click on the link, live Zoom. You can join me here, kind of like telemedicine at its finest. And if those of you that have done anything with telemedicine yet, you know, as I'm waving to people, it's a great way to communicate with your doctors when you can't be there or when you choose not to be there or because of COVID, it's becoming more of an issue. So anyway, this is uh, really what you want to do. It's, it's great. So practice telemedicine right now uh, by joining me here live on zoom on pet life radio so as you know i do like to peruse the news see what's going on and this first story caught my attention why because it's about french bulldogs and i am a frenchie nut and um i have frenchies and i've had frenchies before and i i I think i see well over 300 frenchies in my practice since i started you know using laser which is about 15 years ago and i'm doing um the the soft palates and the nares and it's it's just unbelievable with with laser surgery tonsillectomies i mean to to be able to do a surgery inside the mouth in an area that is extremely vascular usually a lot of bleeding if you use even if you use electric cautery there's going to be bleeding both laser zero it's the best ever and the dogs um heal so well so quickly and they do so much better after the surgery so it's it's great so Enki Puhu has a uh, Frenchie with eye problems. We can talk about that if you want to just send me a little note as to what the problems are. But this is about the selective breeding story that they realized that here's a selective breeding could improve French bulldogs' health. Uh, so basically, listen, listen to this. This was, uh, really caught my attention. They're more likely than other breeds to have 20 of 43, get that, 20 of 43 common health disorders including respiratory conditions, duh. If you have a French, you know what I'm talking about. And dermatitis, skin problems, allergies. Again, um, if you know, just having Frenchies, that's really common. And less likely to have 11 of those 43. And those include, and this is one thing I'm not so sure I, I agree with, it is obesity and lameness. Now, I guess if they're talking about joint lameness, I can appreciate that. They don't, they don't usually have hip dysplasia. They don't really get knee problems typically, but they get their spine, is prob- their spine problems, their back problems. And interestingly, Frenchies have a very interesting spinal anomaly where if you look at their thoracolumbar area, it almost looks like a, like a mountaintop. It comes like this and then goes down again. But interestingly, when I talk to a colleague of mine who's a veterinary surgeon who does the back surgeries when they need it, the disc that they blow is rarely, rarely in that 
area of that anomaly from like T11 or T10 all the way to L2, L3. And it's amazing. You think if anywhere they can have a problem, it's going to be right there. It's not. It's usually behind that. And they get, or cervical, they get their um, cervical lesions also. So you can either do fenestration or you do back surgery, laminectomy. But anyway, it's very interesting. So with the, the, the point is, because the breed has become so popular, it's time to start selective breeding. Start breeding the ones with a little longer snouts, um, maybe less tendency to, um, uh, if they have, Frenchies are known for their food allergies, especially chicken. Chicken and Frenchies do not go well together. Typically, most of the Frenchies that I know that, uh, that have these diseases, the skin diseases, the allergic dermatitis, it's food related to chicken. That's why they attack their feet. You look at a Frenchie's feet, they're attacking their feet, they're rubbing their faces, they're, they're getting ear infections, often related to food allergy. So selective breeding is the answer. Doing my telemedicine on AirVet, as I've done for a long time now, and I've, several years, I often am giving advice, and you know, they're very limited as, as what we can do and how much we can diagnose or actually prescribe on air, because we're really not allowed to if we don't have what's called a VCPR, which is called a veterinary client-patient relationship. So you have to be very careful how I provide some information, advice, and I, I can't tell a caller who's not one of my clients. So I, you know, I got a call this morning from a, a woman in Vermont about her cat, Loki. So I have to be somewhat cautious. And um, one thing I can say is I can say, you know what, like, I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you that I have had a case this week with one of my patients, almost identical. I mean, it's amazing listening to it. I'm, I'm shocked it's so similar. And I recommended whatever, and I, and I tell recommend it. Well, one of the things that we can often recommend is the issue is that we have to be very careful, but what over, I'm always thinking, what do you have in the, in the house? What over-the-counter medication do you have? And I can kind of subtly recommend by saying that if you were my patient, I would recommend this. I'm not saying do it. I'm saying if then this is what I would recommend. And they get it. They, you know, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm suggesting what I did or have recommended to my clients. Anyway, Benadryl. Benadryl comes up a lot. Now, interestingly, we know it's often used for like allergy, allergic dermatitis, et cetera. And understand that the immune response, the allergic response in an animal okay, from allergens is not mediated by histamine. I mean, maybe five or 10%. I mean, a very, very small amount that is mediated by histamine. So to give a dog an antihistamine to try to fight allergy, eh, you're not gonna do much. Ah, but I do recommend Benadryl a lot, why? Because I laugh when I hear some of the other ones we'll talk about in a second, but I recommend it because not for the antihistaminic effect because histamine is really not a major player, but for the drowsy effect, the sedative effect, it does take the edge off. So I like chlorotrimeton, which is chlorpheniramine. I like Benadryl, diphenhydramine. But when I hear of other veterinarians that have recommended Zyrtec or Claritin, which are the non-drowsy, then you're not really helping that much. I said maybe 5%, 10%, not much. I mean, is it better than nothing? Maybe. If it's the only thing you have, yes. But I do like Benadryl because it does sort of mellow them out a little bit. So sure enough, this story is about that. Now, one thing though, for sure, it can be safe for dogs. Usually it's a milligram per pound. So a 25 pound dog, 25 milligrams, which is the over-the-counter adult strength. That's perfect. However, and they use it to ease the allergic reaction, not to stop the allergy, but to ease the, the, the reaction itself. However, you should never use it with acetaminophen. Now, I don't ever recommend acetaminophen anyway. I don't like it. There's only one over-the-counter non-steroidal. First of all, technically, acetaminophen is not an, uh, even an NSAID. It's not even a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. It's in a class by itself. But the only non-steroidal anti-inflammatory that you have at home that I would recommend, well, I should say meloxicam, which we use in dogs, is also has 
it's a human drug as well. Other ones that are well known, like the carprofen, uh, they're, they're not, there's no human analog or deroxyb, derocoxib, there's no human analog. So the, the one that meloxicam does have a human analog. So that's a possibility, but it's not something you typically have sitting around your house and you'd need a prescription to get it. So the only non-prescription, let's qualify that, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory they ever recommend and, and very cautiously and very, very small amount. And you don't want to get used too used to it. It's maybe once or twice, you know, in, in a pinch just to get you through till you can see your doctor. And that's good old fashioned aspirin. Aspirin, it does have a dose for animals. It is safe if used, you know, very, very cautiously. And it's the only thing you probably have access to if you have an emergency and you need some sort of pain relief, anti-inflammatory relief now, then that's about the only one. I'm not a big fan. I know some doctors recommend acetaminophen. I'm not a fan. And then decongestants also, which is why for, for cough, for example, we want to avoid phenylephrine. Some, many dogs don't do well in, on the uh, decongestants, especially not in combination with the Benadryl. So I think that, for example, when I recommend for cough, the only Robitussin I recommend or cough syrup is Gyphenesin or Gyphenesin, however you want to pronounce it, with dextromethorphan. You do not want to use the CF, the cold formula one, because that has phenylephrine in it. So again, when it comes to something that you may have in your house over the counter that you're kind of toying with using, make sure to do some homework, check with your veterinarian. Don't just go using it because you, your kids use it. You know, you don't say, well, if it's safe for a little kid, it's got to be safe for my dog. Not the case. And especially not for a cat. Acetaminophen will kill a cat. Let me say that again. Acetaminophen will kill a cat. So even if you are one that has it and your doctor, your veterinarian says it, yeah, it's okay. It is. Some veterinarians recommend it. I don't. But anyway, it will kill a cat. So you got to be very careful. Very, very careful. So next up, this was interesting. Also, I love these stories that are kind of I find interesting. And I, I, I don't always agree, but check this out. It says dogs provide social support for owners during a crisis. Ah, we know that. Here's a story. It's a recent survey of more than 1,500 people with pet dogs found no differences in anxiety or happiness scores. I personally tend to disagree. I think the reason I'm such a happy guy is because I have 10 animals at home. And, um, I, you know, I think they do relieve anxiety. I think it's great. However, goes on to say, but dog owners had significantly lower depression scores. That's that for sure I agree with. And significantly more positive attitudes about pets. Well, I would think that if you pets at home, you gotta have a, you're not going to have a negative attitude about pets and have pets. So, but they uh, have more positive attitudes about pets than those who don't. Now, we do know, and the story concludes, that dogs provide social support and may have buffered the negative psychological impacts of the pandemic, and which is now still ongoing. So, but as far as anxiety, I think that there is a benefit to these things. I think that, uh, you know, anyone who has dogs, and there have been other studies. I mean, my good friend, Marty Becker, who wrote The Healing Power of Pets, he has a whole section with, you know, animal behaviors with human psychologists and psychiatrists showing benefits of pet parenting when it comes to even anxiety. So I think that's, um, that's also, I think, uh, as he says, coin one of his phrases, it's get the poodle instead of the Prozac. I mean, it, uh, it does help. So now this is, you know, again, I'm a, a small animal doc in, in Los Angeles. I don't see many horses riding down my block. So I, I don't do horses. However, I, I did work with horses uh, as a pre-vet with one of the top equine surgeons in uh, Southern California. 
which was an amazing experience. So when I got to vet school, I mean, the equine medicine for me was, was just a blast. Um, classically, we talked about steroids before and non-steroidals. So here's interesting. Steroids, or like cortisone, um, have been injected into horses' joints to buffer joint pain, very commonly used. So now, based on research out of Auburn University School of Veterinary Medicine, that's in Alabama, a school that I actually almost applied to back in the day. Fortunately, I got into Davis and I didn't have to apply anyplace else, but it is, it's a non-steroidal intra-articular, that means injection within the joint therapy that is non-steroidal and it's gaining a lot of popularity. They're finding a lot of benefits to this. So I, I think that's really great. So if, for those horse people out there, don't think that you just, you just have steroid as your only option because now they're finding there's certain non-steroidals that are doing well. We're going to probably hear more about it because they're still in the research phase, but their initial preliminary results have been very, very promising for a non-steroidal. Here's a cool cat story. There's a cat named Midas. You got to look it up on Instagram. Midas the cat. He's four ears. He's got his two regular ears and then two smaller ones right in front of it. Apparently, it's obviously a congenital defect. They are attached. They are connected to his, his eardrum, the ear canal. And so one ear canal, but they all four have empty into the same ear canal. But I think that's great. So if you want to see a cool looking cat, then you might want to go in and check out Midas. And um, before we go for a quick break, I have about a minute. We're going to come back, by the way. It's holiday time. It's travel time. We're going to talk about some major holiday travel tips, whether it's going to be air, car, places to stay, etc. I want to make sure that you are well aware of some precautions, especially now with air travel. So uh, don't go away after the break. Make sure you stick around. Um, I'm going to go get Georgie, my, my, one of my little dogs too. So this is also interesting and also pertains to us as well. Here, inactive dogs and those with neurologic eye or ear disorders are at a higher risk for dementia or what we call canine cognitive dysfunction or cognitive dysfunction syndrome, CCD, CDS, than healthy active dogs. And this research actually mirrors research in people about the same risk factors for dementia, which are obesity, inactivity, some certain underlying diseases. So the bottom line, think about this as we go into our break, and that is try to prevent ear and eye problems by staying on top of your pets, making sure they stay healthy, feed a good nutritious food, keep them lean and active, and your dogs or you will have less risk factors for dementia when we get older or when we already are older. So anyway, don't go away. We'll be back after these short messages. I'm going to go grab Georgie. Be right back. So, you know, I'm always perusing what's going on in the pet world and I attend all the pet conferences. I came across a company I really like called Carlson Pet Products. It's family owned, very affordable stuff, and they specialize in creating pet safety products to keep your pets, you know, happily protected from the puppy stage all the way through their senior years. And they have tons of products. They have pet pens and folded elevated pet beds. They have crates, pet gates, etc. And um, I love their portable pen. First of all, they're very lightweight. You can fold them up. They have a little carry bag for storing. So they're really so convenient for you to use. You can use them for at home. You can use them for traveling. Or let's say you're just heading someplace down the street and you want to keep them protected. I think it's great. So the pet pens come in two sizes. You have a six panel and an eight panel. And so basically you get ample room to explore. And you can add also an attachable canopy. So it creates like a shaded area to protect them from the sun. So for more information, you can visit them at carlsonpetproducts.com. You'll get 25% off the order plus free shipping. If you use the promo code PETLIFE, that's P-E-T-L-I-F-E. You're going to love them. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet 
And we're back. This is George. Well, it's really George, uh, Georgie. We call her Georgie Girl. And um, so this is the story. So this girl was rescued from China, from Yulin, from the meat market with uh, a sister and a brother, uh, a woman that is based here in Los Angeles. Uh, she's from China originally, and she has a whole team over there. And they, uh, they, they basically steal dogs from the meat market and get them you know, over to the U.S. So she was brought over and Literally the first night she went to one of her, her rescues, her fosters, the very first night she got out and we're talking in Hollywood area and she was literally running the streets of LA for 29 days. And she had sightings, she had people, teams looking all over for her, saw her trying to cross Sunset Boulevard in the middle of the day, you know, tons of cars being chased by coyotes, eating out of garbage. I mean, she literally, so she ends up in a woman's house. She picked a good house. North Hillcrest Drive in Beverly Hills. We're talking big time house. And um, she's in the front lawn. And when she sees this dog petrified, hiding in the front lawn, when she goes near it, the dog starts, you know, trying. she couldn't get near it. So she happens to call her friends. Who's her friends? We are of all the places to end up. So her friends are veterinarian. So she calls us, we go over there. And she's like literally petrified. I, I mean, it took me, oh God, almost a half hour just to get near her. And I finally, when I finally was able to get, entice her, get close enough with some chicken, then I was able to put a leash around her neck and gently, you know, trying to and, uh, lead her out from the bushes. She was, first of all, skin and bone. She looked, I don't know if you ever have kids and you re ever read the book, the Harry the Dirty Dog. She was like Harry the Dirty Dog. You couldn't even tell that she was this light color. She was black, soot and tar, and it was disgusting. Dried leaves all over her. I mean, she was a mess. So brought her home. And sure enough, I took her to the office the next day. I, I was able to, she was, she was got like this to, with me in, in a short period of time. I um, brought her to the office and sure enough, she had a microchip. I couldn't call. They didn't give a number, but I had an email. So they, I uh, sent an email. Hi, I found your dog with this microchip. I get a call literally, literally within minutes. You have my dog. You have my dog. So we go on. We, we arrange to meet and she tells me the story. And meanwhile, by this time, my other dogs are liking this dog. She is the sweetest thing on the planet. And she, once she warmed up, she really warmed up. I cleaned her up, gave her a bath. And no matter, she, she chowed down food like you couldn't believe. And um, she told me the story that this isn't her dog. She's the rescuer. And all she's going to just take it back to another foster. And I, I called my wife and said, no, no, no. This dog is so cute. Look at this. How could we possibly bring this dog back and let it be with another foster? So she became number five. And I, I got to tell you, she is the cutest thing. I just adore her, and she loves the love. She's never had anything like this, and she's just um, a terrific, terrific dog. So sometimes I'll tell you, you get really lucky if you have good fosters because this one is just to die for and sweet and gets along with the other dogs, and, um, yeah, she's absolute heaven. Anyway, I'm going to put her down so she can walk around. So anyway, I want to talk about traveling with pets. Airlines, let's talk about that first. Just know the th things have changed. There's no such thing as emotional support dogs anymore in most airlines. So don't think that you can have, you know, go online and get your little certificate for a couple hundred bucks or that, you know, fake whatever and say, oh, it's my emotional support dog. It, the only dogs that are going to be allowed are true, well-trained service dogs. And they know. So you it's going back to the old days. Service dogs were allowed, guide dogs, seeing eye dogs, CCI dogs, et cetera, but not just emotional support. So your dog has to be small enough to fit in a carrier, airline approved carrier to put on the seat in front of you. Or 
um, uh, it's got to go down below in cargo and again, in approved carriers. So make sure you make those necessary arrangements. The only other option you have is to fly privately and or, you know, rent your own jet. Very expensive. So it's cheaper to buy the carrier. So just know certain dogs, by the way, certain breeds, certain airlines also don't allow brachycephalic breeds. So the dogs with the pushed in faces, they may not be allowed either because of problems with animals that have died, obviously. And don't, don't think you could put them overhead like that poor French bulldog who died in the overhead compartment and the, the flight attendant who was not very nice about it and forced this little girl that that's where it has to be. It was really terrible. So anyway, keep that in mind. Now, as far as hotels, you want to make sure that if you're going to take a dog with you, you have to have the basics. Has to have ID tag, has to be microchipped, any medication you need, food if it's on special food, make sure you take enough with you and prepare for delays. So don't just take, if you're going away for four days, don't give four days. You might want to give double it just to make sure you have just in case. Hotel, pet-friendly hotels. There are a number of them, more and more becoming pet-friendly. I stay at hotels. I see dogs. I love it. The problem is many of them have weight restrictions. So don't show up with your 150-pound Great Dane who needs his own, uh, own king-size bed all for himself and expect to get in. They're going to say, no, no, we, we have a 40-pound weight restriction or 35-pound weight, weight limit. So again, preparation. You need to make sure that you know where you're going. Family. If you're going with family, don't show up with your dog or your pet unless they know that dog is coming. Unless, of course, you don't want to ever be invited again, then bring your dog. And that way, yes, your excuse, you'll never get invited again. So that's something you want to keep in mind. But very, very important that they know what's going. And again, to make it easy, don't let, don't, you know, if you bring in a pet, make sure that you're going to look after your pet. Now, car. The only recommendations I make, first of all, make sure your dog is good in a car. Make sure your cat's in the car. They have to be restrained properly. That means either in a harness that loops into the seatbelt or in a carrier that loops in, that can be attached to a seatbelt. There are many, many, many harnesses out there. They are really good. So um, I just, and my friend Vicky at Eloise just says all Sheraton Westons, our hotels are dog friendly again, which is great. Just make sure that there's no size restrictions. And then, so back into a car. What I recommend also that dogs are very sensitive to change. So you want to bring enough of, of your own food or make sure if it's a commercial food that you can get it wherever you're going. Stop frequently. Make sure that also when you stop, do not open that door until you have the leash. Because if, if they're wearing their harness, but you've detached the leash because your, your harness is hooked into the seatbelt, don't open that car door until that your leash within your hand is reattached to that dog because they will bolt. And if you're on the side of a highway or a road, um, they're going to bolt right in the road. You got to be very, very careful. Water. Even waters of different locations can be uh, can have an effect on your dog just by the water change. So what I recommend, either just feed bottled water all the time, which is okay. Or if you want to bring like a fill up a gallon jug of your local water, and then while you're driving and your pet, you know, when you stop for the breaks, you, you take some water out. Every time you take a stop and you pour water out, pour some local water in to refill it. All right. And you keep doing that. So what's happening is it's gradually, gradually going to modify the water to the new supply, the new location every time you go, every time you stop. And that way there's no shock to the system. It's always a gradual change because you started with a gallon of their local water and you're gradually introducing new water itself. Um, uh, my, why is my dog have, ah, anal leakage, it stinks. So this is coming from Clousy. Doctor, I have a question. Why my dog uh, has anal leakage, it stinks. That anal leakage is, is anal sac release. It is the anal gland 
that produces a secretion. It's kind of a vestige of a structure. It's a scent gland. It's usually released, obviously when it's too full, when they're very frayed or hyperexcited, or every time they defecate, they usually release it. Some dogs don't do that well. So it builds up and builds up and builds up and then starts leaking out, or they start rubbing and licking and it creates finally an anal gland abscess. So what you need to do is you can try adding some more fiber to the diet, cooked oatmeal, canned pumpkin, cooked sweet potato, cooked yams, a little um, psyllium powder, and that might help with the, the release of the secretion. You want to bring your pet in more regularly to a veterinarian or groomer to have the anal glands expressed. And then lastly, which I, I have recommended, I don't really recommend it because it'll never get done, is you can be taught how to express anal glands, at least one of the techniques, which is an ex external technique. The problem with that is it is very, you really need to know what you're doing. And all it takes is one time to be looking at, at that gland while you're expressing and squeezing and nothing's coming out. And all of a sudden the plug releases and that stuff hits you right in the face. I promise you, you will never, never want to express those anal glands again. It is the most disgusting thing that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always doing it like this. I, I'm, I'm so far away from that because it's happened to me. And I know firsthand what it's like when you have to take basically everything off, get it washed, wash it. It's like disgusting. So folks, not something you want to try at home. But uh, if you do, if you're really good at it, then you can do it. But your pet sounds like he's going to need it if it's happening again and again. So anyway, so when it comes down, the, the take-home lesson when it comes to travel, make sure to make arrangements, have your health certificates in order. If you're traveling by plane, check with your airlines. A lot of the airlines now, you don't need the 7001 form. You just need something from them. Uh, you need, obviously, up-to-date uh, vaccines, uh, rabies especially. In fact, only rabies is what the airline cares about. And a letter of, of health uh, certification from your veterinarian and or just the form filled out. Or the, it's the uh, APHIS uh, USDA APHIS form 7001 usually takes care of all that microchip ID tags, pictures of your pet in case heaven forbid they get lost on wherever you are. Um, and medication, food, anything special that you need, make sure you have plenty of, and, uh, it's all about preparation. Have a great safe holiday season. If you're traveling with your pet and, um, we have, uh, I will be here next week, same bad time, same bad channel, um, which will be, um, literally, uh, let's see, which, uh, yeah, just after, uh, 19th. Yeah. Oh my God. So next week is the 26th. Christmas day is the 25th. So this is the last show before Christmas. So have a Merry Christmas to all of you. And I will see you before that, the uh, new year, uh, one last time next Sunday, a week from, uh, a week from today. All right. Any other questions? You can always reach me either at drjeff at drjeff.com, drjeff, Dr. Jeff at petliferadio.com, or right here on Instagram live. We'd love to help you out, answer your questions, whatever the case may be. And, um, anyway, Thanks for joining me. And uh, again, any questions or anything you want to answer, anything you want, or any subject you want me to talk about on the show, please send it along. If you're having some issues with your pet, maybe you don't understand something, you want to learn more, just get a hold of me. Love to chat with you about it. And uh, anyway, have a great week. See you next Bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>